time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate your listenership as we do each and every single episode. Great show ahead today. We have on the program Mike Salas. He is a high school and college basketball official. He works college on the women's side of things. And uh, I've worked a lot of high school basketball games with him, although it's been a few years. A lot of fun working games with Mike. Uh, Very, uh, how shall we say, very unique personality, very energetic. I think you're going to hear that here in his interview upcoming. Uh, Mike is also a very big Los Angeles Rams fan, a season ticket holder since 2016, the first year they came back. He has a really great tailgating setup at the Coliseum. I was fortunate enough to join him a couple times throughout uh, last season at the uh, Rams games. Just a great time right out in front. I mean, it almost, he's an old school Rams fan. So it it almost takes you back a little bit seeing kind of the history of the fan base here. It's always really cool to see the uh, history of Rams fans here in the great city of Los Angeles. Mike is also a big Los Angeles Dodgers fan. He's going to talk a little bit about Dodger baseball and kind of the uniqueness of the 60 game season. Another sport Mike is very involved in is golf. He watches it a little, but he is a big advocate of playing it. He plays multiple times a week. Again, very energetic guy. As soon as we start our conversation here, you'll see exactly what I mean. So uh, strap in should be a fun interview with Mike Salas today. He's very proud of his family. He has three uh, wonderful daughters and and, uh, they're doing great things. He's going to tell you all about them. It's just going to be a lot of fun today on a Tuesday. Hopefully you got to check in yesterday with our interview with Mr. Edwin Ixta from Rio Hondo Prep. Uh, one of many people we have on the program who have been or are involved in Rio Hondo Prep. So it was a lot of fun catching up with him. If you haven't had a chance, you can go back and listen to that episode anytime, as well as all the previous episodes we have had here on the Get Home Safe podcast. I know a lot of people go back still, and they will kind of scroll through and look for some names, uh, familiar names that stand out to them, and they'll give a listen. And so episodes continue to get um, listened to in a timely manner here. And quite honestly, there's some current events and things in there that we discuss throughout different episodes, but in general, you can kind of listen to those anytime. Uh, I try to give my two cents on current events as they're happening here, uh, you know, as in the beginning of the show usually. Um, and so today there's a couple things, not really current events related, but just a couple things uh, on my mind that I wanted to discuss. Again, random thoughts in the morning is what I should kind of just call this segment. But I, I'm around, uh, well, I have some roommates. I have other friends. I have some friends I'm around here and there. And I'm always intrigued. Like I've mentioned this before, but watching television, like I, I am not very skilled in the art of multitasking. I, I try to, but I'm more of a get one thing done and then get on to the next thing in kind of a, uh, an intense manner. That's kind of the way I, I go about things. And yeah, I'll look at my phone here and there when watching a ball game or watching uh, television or whatever, but I'm also the guy who 
if I start reading something, I can't have any distractions around me. So I'm the guy, I have to hit pause on a television show or a movie when I'm, when I like, wait a minute, what does this say? And I got to read it because I, I just, I don't know if I don't have the, the focus, uh, the, the ability for that or what. And this is funny coming from a guy who officiated for a very long time, a lot of noise, a lot of distractions, and you have to focus. Well, uh, I was able to do that on a, on a ball field, on a basketball court. But when I'm watching television or, uh, you know, even when I'm uh, going to bed at night, I can't have any distractions. I can't have lights on. I can't have noise. I'm just very sensitive to everything around me. And I don't know why that is, but it is, it, it just is. So I find it so interesting when people sit on a couch and they're watching a show and they are just glued to their phones. Like they're looking down at the phone and the television is up in front of them. I find that really funny. I, and I get it. You check on something. Okay. You put your phone down, but I've been around people where <laughs> they stare at their phone <laughs> for hours. I don't even see them come up for air and that's fine. I, we all play with our phones, but it's like, they're supposed to be watching something. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, if I'm the only one that finds that interesting. All I know is for me that if I, if I start reading something, I have to hit pause on the screen because not only do I not want to miss anything, but I can't be distracted. So maybe some people are just better at multitasking than others. I don't know. Another thing I thought about was I was in the car recently and, uh, you know, some of us drive faster than others. I, I know I have driven fast at times and, uh, you know, Hey, we've all gotten away with probably things that we, uh, shouldn't have been doing speeds. We shouldn't have been going here and there, but I'm also the guy and knock on wood. I, I haven't gotten a speeding ticket ever. But if, if I were to see a cop or even a cop gave me a warning or did give me a ticket, uh, man, I'm the guy that I would be going 65 for a while after that. I mean, immediately. And I know what are the chances of getting caught back to back, but I'm just that way. I don't like risking things. As soon as, soon as uh, I get a warning or I get kind of um, caught, if you will, uh, I, I slow down. I'm like, okay, I don't want that to happen again. Well, I know some people... They can get a ticket going 85, 90 miles an hour, and then they'll get right back in the car and, eh, well, big deal. And they'll keep, they'll do another 85, 90 miles an hour. I don't know if people just don't care about tickets or not, or uh, what the deal is there. If it's a pride thing, that's just something I noticed. But uh, not, I wasn't involved in a ticket altercation or anything recently, but it is kind of funny to think about. There, the, there's different types of people in the world. Some people, you know, they, they have that fear of, oh man, I was almost, I barely dodged that bullet. And then other people were like, well, all right, they caught me. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, again, very random thoughts in the mornings. Um, I do want to read something to you guys that I found very funny. And since we're going to have Mike Salas on today and he's going to talk about his daughters uh, and he, co he, he referees a lot of uh, women's college basketball. Uh, we have male and female partners in basketball, which is different from other sports for the most part, give or take, as far as officiating goes. Uh, I thought this this would be something you guys wouldn't mind hearing. I sent this to a few friends. I forwarded it. I, I received it from a good friend of mine, Todd Carson. And it's just a fun email, really. But uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk to you guys uh, or share it with you. It is, uh, <laughs> it is it's pretty simple. It's just an email. It's called, Men Are Just Happier People. And this is no shot at women. This is no thing, uh, you know, promoting men or anything like that. I just think for those of you who are around men, you women who are around men, I think you'll find this rather uh, comical. And men, I think you'll find this very comical as well. So uh, no hidden messages here. Just simple little funny email that I wanted to share with you guys. This is called 
men are just happier people. What do you expect from such simple creatures? Your last name stays put. The garage is always yours. Wedding plans take care of themselves. And chocolate is just another snack. You can never get pregnant. You can wear a white t-shirt to a water park. You can wear no shirt to a water park. (laughs) Car mechanics tell you the truth. The world is your urinal. (laughs) You never have to drive to another gas station restroom because this one is just too icky. (laughs) You don't have to stop and think of which way to turn a nut on a bolt. Wrinkles add character. Wedding dress equals $5,000. Tuxedo rental equals $100. (laughs) Uh, People never stare at your chest when you're talking to them. (laughs) New shoes don't cut, blister, or mangle your feet. Again, these are all uh, men just being happier, I guess. Uh, (laughs) One mood all the time. (laughs) Phone conversations are over in 30 seconds flat. You know stuff about tanks. Well, this is kind of true. I know a little bit about tanks. That's that's awesome. I can talk about tanks. Uh, a five-day vacation requires only one suitcase. Oh, my goodness. How true is that? Anyone that has traveled with young ladies. Uh, man, let's see. Back to this. You can open all your own jars. You get extra credit for the slightest act of thoughtfulness. That is true. Let me tell you, guys, if you just like kind of nice or do something semi-thoughtful, man, women think it's the greatest thing in the world. And yeah. Anyway, I don't have a lot of experience in that matter, by the way. Uh, Let's see. If someone forgets to invite you, he or she can still be your friend. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see. Your underwear is $8.95 for a three-pack. Two pairs of shoes are more than enough. (laughs) True. You almost never have a strap problem in public. Ooh, whatever that means. Uh, You are unable to see wrinkles in your clothes. Everything on your face stays its original color. (laughs) The same hairstyle lasts for years, maybe decades. You only have to shave your face and neck. You can play with toys all your life. That's true. Absolutely. One wallet and one pair of shoes, one color for all seasons. Yes, I agree with that. You can wear shorts no matter how your legs look. You can do your nails with a pocket knife, and the do is in quotes. You have freedom of choice concerning growing a mustache. You can do Christmas shopping for 25 relatives on December 24th in 25 minutes. No wonder men are happier. Nicknames. If Laura, Kate, and Sarah go out for lunch, they will call each other Laura, Kate, and Sarah. If Mike, Dave, and John go out, they will affectionately refer to each other as Fat Boy, Bubba, and Wild Man. Eating out. When the bill arrives, Mike, Dave, and John will each throw in $20, even though it's only $32.50. None of them will have anything smaller, and none will actually admit they want change back. When the girls get their bill... Out come the pocket calculators. Money. A man will pay $2 for a $1 item he needs. A woman will pay $1 for a $2 item that she doesn't need, but it's on sale. Bathrooms. A man has six items in his bathroom. Toothbrush and toothpaste, shaving cream, razor, a bar of soap, and a towel. The average number of items in the typical woman's bathroom is 337. A man would not be able to identify more than 20 of these items. Arguments. A woman has the last word in any argument. Anything a man says after that is the beginning of a new argument. Future. A woman worries about the future until she gets a husband. A man never worries about the future 
until he gets a wife. Marriage, a woman marries a man expecting he will change, but he doesn't. A man marries a woman expecting she won't change, but she does. Dressing up, a woman will dress up to go shopping, water the plants, empty the trash, answer the phone, read a book, and get the mail. A man will dress up for weddings and funerals. Natural men wake up as good-looking as they went to bed. Women somehow deteriorate during this the, <laughs> during the night. That's not true, ladies. Offspring, ah, children. A woman knows all about her children. She knows about dentist appointments and romances, best friends, favorite foods, secret fears, and hopes and dreams. A man is vaguely aware of some short people living in the house. Not for the day a man should forget his mistakes. There's no use in two people remembering the same thing. So send this to the women who have a sense of humor and be the men who will enjoy reading. Okay, thank you to Todd Carson for sending that to me. Hopefully that didn't anger any ladies, but I never know what angers people these days. I think it's pretty hilarious. Just some humor there, no big deal. Uh, hopefully uh, the ladies laughed as much as the men. And I will say this about something I've, I've seen in, in men and women. And again, this is a generalization, so it's not always true, right? These are just observations. Uh, men are funny. Like when buddies get together, as soon as guys get together and they walk in the room, I mean, you hear all kinds of derogatory name calling, some, uh, <laughs> some pretty foul language about each other, uh, just insults left and right, right? As soon as guys get together, and then as soon as that guy leaves the room or a guy goes home, everyone's like, man, I love that guy, that, that great guy, even though you've been making fun of him all night. Women, it seems, <laughs> at times again, ladies get together and everyone is super overly nice to each other, overly nice, like complimenting every little thing. And then as soon as uh, someone goes home, it's like, oh, I hate that. I hate her. I hate her so much. <laughs> again generalization. I know simple observations. These are things I've read uh, different places. Jokes I find funny. We can't take each other too serious. They're just some jokes, guys. They're just uh, some entertainment and some uh, water cooler talk, if you will. Not meant to be offensive to anybody, just all in good fun. Uh, women have plenty of things to make fun of men about. And men, uh, we have plenty of things uh, that we would like to complain about. But if we're smart, we wouldn't do it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> anyway, we will move on from that talk uh, today. Just a little different approach to the morning. Again, throwing together a few different ideas, some random thoughts, some interesting uh, emails, if you will, from friends. And uh, yeah, just throwing it out there, guys. No big deal. If you didn't find it funny, it's okay. I was never much of a storyteller or a joke teller, so it's all good. Just roll your eyes, move past it. We'll get into the Mike Salas interview right now, and uh, hopefully that is a little more, uh, you know, a little more of a joy for you, and, and you enjoy this a little bit more than me just rambling away into a microphone. So anyway, we will uh, take a quick break, step away for just a second, and then we'll get into our interview with Mike Salas. Okay, joining us today is Mike Salas. He works for the city of Baldwin Park as a superintendent of Parks and Rec. He is a basketball official is where our paths cross. He currently works college basketball on the women's side of thing. He's a proud member of Foothill Citrus, uh, both basketball and football, where uh, I also uh, had some, spent some time. So it's a pleasure to bring him on the program today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, – 
uh, golf, which I know he loves, some Rams football, which we both oh, yeah. love, and a lot of different things. So, Mike, welcome to the program, my friend. Matt, pleasure to be here. Thank you. Man, it's good to see you. It's been so long. Uh, it, it feels like longer because we've all been locked up for the past few months, right? Sure has, since what, uh, <laughs> March 16th, yeah. technically, right? Yeah, and, and Mike, I got to thank you publicly because uh, last year, uh, you know, I got to go to a couple of Los Angeles Rams games, and there's, there's all kinds of options and tailgating places you can go out there and everything, but each time I went, I, uh, I, I hit you up because you had a pretty good setup out there in front of the uh, Peristyle side of the Coliseum, so I had a great time with you, man. Well, thank you, and thanks for coming. You brought your dad over, which yeah. was cool. Yeah. Father and son. Oh man, you don't see that often now. You know, my dad had passed on back in '95, so I had I didn't get a chance to go ahead and bring him to the games, obviously. But been a Ram fan since I was a little eight-year-old boy. When the Coliseum, the Roman Gabriels, the uh, Rosie Greers, uh, uh, Deacon Jones, uh, Jack Snow. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then they left. Right. I, I know. I know. They went to Anaheim and then they left and then they came back. And during that time, you had good old John Elway that went to Granada Hills and and he graduated the same year I did. But of course, you graduated from Granada Hills High School. And that's my ties with the Broncos. OK, I followed Elway through all those years, even though I was a Ram fan. I followed Elway. And that's one of the reasons why is I, I, I followed the Broncos because of him. Mm-hmm. But well, now, fast forward. 2020, 2016, <laughs> Rams come back. Um, of course, they went to St. Louis, and they were still in my heart. But, uh, of course, the Broncos were, were, would always be the team that I would go ahead and root for. And, and, and so I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in a crossroads between the two, and I got the, the Raiders fans who hate the Broncos. They, you know, you can't support the Broncos. No way. And I said, you know what? I'll go ahead and, and cheer for whoever. Yeah, but anyway, no. But the Rams are are near and dear to my heart, and of course, the season ticket holder that was fun, and we can't wait to get into the new Sci-Fi Stadium. But all of a sudden, you got this coronavirus, um, COVID nineteen, that's just going to stop everything. And I just hope that when they play the the Dallas Cowboys on that Sunday, September the sixth, oh, I forget the date. I just hope that that goes through. Yes, uh, it, it's. I think most football fans want their teams to be playing here in uh, just about a month, which is crazy to even think about. Uh, but man, if we get football back, even if it's if it looks weird with no fans or so, I mean, it would just be nice. And I know uh, 2016 when the Rams came back, uh, it was a rough year for sure. Uh, 2017, new beginning. They get to the playoffs, and then the magical season of 2018. The Super Bowl run, just so magical. And then, of course, kind of a letdown last year uh, with the disappointing season. But you almost, as a, Ram, as a lifelong Rams fan, Mike, you kind of, did you kind of feel that was going to happen? Like, they go to the Super Bowl, yeah, and then, oh, man, they're back. Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe it was karma on that no call, that pass interference no call. Oh, you know what I'm we're, saying? Still, we're still talking about this. <laughs> Everybody reminds me of that damn play. Excuse me. You know, it's just one of those things. But you know what? Uh, they had a beautiful run, Matt. Yeah. They made it to the big dance. And only two teams made it. So, hey, it is what it is. We enjoyed it. Uh, and it was a low-scoring game. You know, what are you going to say? 
but yeah, I mean, yeah. it is what it is for sure. And, and for, for me to see the, the Rams go to the Super Bowl when they were in St. Louis, okay, that was cool. That was kind of a lifelong dream, I guess. But then to see them as the Los Angeles Rams, for me, yeah. uh, seeing that, I mean, that was just so cool because they came home. They came back to L.A. And I'm, I've, I root for all the L.A. teams, Mike, and I've, I've been rooting for this team that's in Missouri all these years, and they finally come home. It was so special to me. Was it, was it special yeah. to you and your fans? It, 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 it was. It was. Um, but you know what? you got to give the organization a lot of credit. They come back to L.A., they put the pieces in place, and let's face it, within three years, they went into the Super Bowl. You got to mm-hmm. give them a lot of credit for that. So with that being said, I, I think that the, the Rams are in a good, heading in the right direction. I know that um, uh, it's always tough because you never know who's going to survive. Gurley, he was a workforce in 2018 uh, with Anderson as well, and then we all knew that Gurley was hurt. Yeah. He was hurt going into the Super Bowl. And so now, and then in 2019, he didn't play much. But I think we all knew that. I think the writing was on the wall that he was going to be traded away and stuff. So, so Mike, let me ask you a question. What, what is more fun? Because I think for football fans, uh, football is totally different than other sports. It's one day a week. It, it's typically your Sundays, right? Uh, for college football fans, it's their Saturdays. But what, what, did, what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy kind of setting up? you know, either on the couch or at a friend's house, watching every football game on a Sunday, including the Rams, like on an away game, or do you like going down to the Coliseum early and just spending the whole day there for one football game? Well, you know, we had, you know, you, you witnessed our tailgate and we had a, a unique situation that we were able to set up on curbside and people would just drive by. We had a, a pretty good site. If you really think about it, people walking back and forth. Um, so that was fun. The tailgates. Yeah. Even that Monday night game against the Chiefs. Oh man. When it was 54 to 51 or yeah, remember that game? <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be played in Mexico and they brought it in within within mm-hmm. days of before the date of the game that Monday night they brought it over the Coliseum. That was cool. Um and then of course when they're away, you got the Ram Club that hangs out over at Maggie's Pub in Santa Fe Springs, which was also big too. I mean, so Every Sunday, you always had a location to go to to congregate and have fun with it and discuss football and uh, play play a, a Sunday morning quarterbacking before the game and so on and so <laughs> forth. And, and uh, you know, but it's fun. And it's once a week. Um, yes, there's only those 16 games and stuff. So, so that's nice compared <laughs> to baseball. You got baseball games just about every day. Every, yeah. every day, man. Yeah. Just about. Uh, just about. Well, uh, you know, Mike, there's there's guys my age and younger who've never been to an NFL game. And it's it's so crazy to me. I got to go to games when I was a little kid, uh, eight, nine years old. Uh, and so it was really cool, like you said earlier in this, to, to return the favor for my dad and bringing him to a, to a game first time in almost 30 years. Um, it, it, I don't know, man, being able to go to football games is, is just, it, it's special. It's different. Yeah. Baseball's cool. Basketball's cool. But the football thing, the buildup to that one game and make, as you've already mentioned, it's all about family. It's about friends. It's about fans. Right. So, yeah. I mean, isn't it just different than other sports? Yeah. Yes. Um, they're all there for the common, the, the, the same common goal and rooting that one, that one team of yours, whether it's a home or away and 
you only had that one Sunday to do it until the the following Sunday. <laughs> and, uh, and so you, you try to make the most of it for that one day, that mm -hmm. three and a half hours or the tailgating as well. <laughs> and of course, um, uh, you always look forward to the following week. And of course, if they have a Super Bowl run or a playoff run, that's even makes it better. Oh yeah. And then of course, the Crosstown rivals, mm -hmm. the year in and year out rivals that you have with the, the 49ers or the, 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 the Seattle Seahawks or even the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. You know, man, but they do bring in a crowd. Oh, they man. travel well. You got to yeah. admit. They travel very well. And, and unfortunately, most, uh, there's a lot of those fans here in Southern California, which is a whole nother story. Uh, but uh, I'm glad I have at least one other fellow Southern California Ram fan like you, Mike. Uh, great stuff. Um, do you, Before you go on. Yeah. I'm no bandwagoner. No, you're not. I'm not jumping no, you're on the not. bandwagon. I'm uh -uh. not jumping. Just because I was a, a Bronco fan doesn't mean that I'm a bandwagoner. You know, I followed the Rams all these years. So yeah, uh, shame on those that claim me as a bandwagon. Oh, absolutely not. You were there in 2016 when they moved here. You were, you were, you paid season tickets for a four and uh, 12 team. Yeah, you're a real big yeah. bandwagoner, Mike. <laughs> and then the next year, I, I went again. They yeah. got better. So are you are are you going to be a season ticket holder in the new SoFi Stadium? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, Laura and I, my wife and I, did pick up a. Uh, there was about. From that group, that tailgate yeah. group that we had of 30 people and stuff, there's um, eight of us that are sitting together up in the 500 section. Uh, yes, we did get the SSLs. They did send us notice. Basically, the bad news about, uh, you know, there's only going to be a, a, a few, a chosen few that are going to be able to, to uh, attend. They're going to randomly pick. And if you don't get picked, then those monies are being transferred over to next year and stuff. So we've been notified on a weekly basis what's been going on um with that and and you know let's see what happens um their opener on what september the 6th against the, the cowboys uh, september yeah it's coming up i mean maybe it's the sixth sometime it's sunday night football it's supposed to be the primetime game yeah the, uh, the last game that sunday so i i hope it uh, it all gets played it's going to be very exciting a new beginning the new stadium and, and speaking of new, Mike, uh, you're a well, very we've been waiting for that thing. Yeah, we, we've been waiting, and then this hit us. It, it's so cool I mean, that it's that it's up and ready after seeing it come up is, from the dirt. Same same thing is going on with the with the Raiders with their yes Alliance Alliance oh, Stadium. Yeah, it's it's incredible to have uh, two great stadiums here on the West Coast opening up the same year. It's going to be great for years to come down the road. Well, well, Mike. Speaking of new. Uh, you're a longtime Rams fan. What are your thoughts on these new uniforms the Los Angeles Rams came up with? I am old school. It's going to take me a while to get used to the new, uh, the new look. I know that the new generation, I think you might be on the bubble. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm still uh, a navy blue and white kind of guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I still... Got your Rams collection I'm behind still, me. I'm still part of this right here. <laughs> I see you. I see you working. I'm still part of this. Uh-huh. I, 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 I just, I don't know. I'm Not that I'm boycotting, but I think I'm happy with what I got now. Navy and white. Yeah, those are the classic. That's the classic look, the classic look, unis. Okay. Absolutely. I got these right here. Oh, we got some All more. Right. All Man. right, and that's it. And Mike then, Sal is showing us every honor, Ram hat. Ram honor my, my daughter, uh -huh. uh, military. Oh, and, I like that. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, so... Rams hat I, I, with the camo bill. Yep. Yeah. That's so, very nice. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm not too fond about their new colors and their new look <laughs> and stuff, but what are we going to do? 
Hey, I'll just hey, wear my old stuff. Wear your old stuff. Yeah, no reason oh, you're going to buy on, anything new. Oh, no, he's going, guys, he's going to the back of the room. Yeah, I can I see all my, these hats on the wall, hat. too. He's got a cool my golf hat. Yeah, dude, that's cool. White, uh, not a cowboy hat, but so, a golf hat. Yeah, very nice. Hey, so, no, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm set. <laughs> you're I'm all set. good. You're all good, Mike. Oh, I love to describe, I got to describe all these hat, hats for our <laughs> guests here. Uh, but anyway, you had a nice uh, room there, Mike. You got all your hats there. I see your Dodger baseball stuff everywhere. Just a big I got to show you something. Oh, here we go. Real quick. We're doing the wardrobe now, guys. Wow. So he's showing me a Dodger jersey. It says Koufax at the top, 322, and then Kershaw underneath the number. And on the front, a Dodger jersey, the number 322. Now, Interesting. I, I couldn't choose between Colfax and, and Kershaw. So what I did is I, I, I put them together. Really? So that's where the 30, 32, 22 comes in. Um, I, I, know they're sharing, <laughs> I know they're sharing their jersey, but you know what? Excuse the expression. They're two badasses. Too bad. Fernando was cool. But between the two, I think they have more accolades between Colfax and Kershaw with the Dodgers organization. So... You know, and, and I, I I was just a kid when, when Colfax was pitching here and stuff. and uh, But hence the shirt that I put together. I personally would have gone with the guy with a couple World Series rings. That's me. But uh, I, I hear where you're coming from. I know. Old school meets new school. There you go. <laughs> that's Everybody says cool. that's an aerial code. That's an aerial code, 322. No, it's not. That's both it's numbers. Both guys, huh? That's there cool. You go. That's and neat, Mike. You're, you're I, I, Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> jumping say, from one thing. I'm jumping from my hats to my jerseys. Sorry. <laughs> We're getting off track. Focus. Focus. ADD is kicking in. Yeah, no kidding, man. A little decaf there. Well, all right. We'll get to it all. I promise we'll get to it all. Well, Mike, you brought, I mean, the Dodgers. You got your Dodger hat on and your Dodger shirt on, as well yeah, as showing was, me all your, what, what are your thoughts on on baseball starting up and you, and you, you're how, how you feel about your Dodgers? You know, I, you know, because, you know, I was going to baseball games all every year. Mm -hmm. I probably go to anywhere from 20 to 30 games a year. And, uh, but it's, it's cool to sit home and watch them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't mind um, sitting home and watching them. It's not the same vibe um, of going between live and home, but what are you going to do? No, for sure. And what do you think of this, not only the 60-game season, but the fact that the playoffs are now going to be 16 teams? You can't make mistakes early on. No. You, you, gotta, you better figure it out right away. I mean, mm -hmm. did you see the finish of Wednesday's game? I did, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, come on. Uh, Jensen is kind of losing it. I think they figured him out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how much longer he's, you know, he's our closer. Um, he had some games last year that, that kind of got away from us. But you know what? Again, you take it for what it's worth. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the games. And enjoy the fact that they're showing most of them. They're televising most of them. Mm -hmm. And um, I just hope that the Dodgers continue to play. But it is, it is a sprint. <laughs> so now there's no room for error. No. And then, of course, the Mookie Betts is, you know, he's tearing it up. They definitely got a good team. Uh, it's, it's, I think the shortened season is kind of an equalizer for everybody. doesn't matter how good you are in paper. I think 60 games, really anything can happen. And then with 16 teams getting in the playoffs, 
I mean, you could see one of the favorites get knocked out in the first round or, or whatever the, however the format is. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. And, but it is cool, Mike, right, to see baseball on television, to be played back, to have it back after these uh, couple of months of lay, layoff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You, know, you <laughs> like to invite people over and stuff, but yeah. everybody's so conscious and conscientious with the COVID-19 that they really don't want to, you know, unless it's a family member and stuff. But other than that, uh, you have to enjoy it. Enjoy as much as you can at home. You know, <laughs> well, I, do your own Dodger golf dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, put, uh, what is some, you, you uh, soak them in beer, some people do, and, uh, you know. <laughs> Anyway, Go to AMPM. They sell them there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, Mike, it, the Dodgers have been so close in recent years. You know, basically losing to the World Series champion in the playoffs the past three years, twice because it was a World Series, and once last year with the Nationals. So, of of all the years, I think it would be just so truly, just I don't know the word, ironic maybe that if the Dodgers do get over the hump, that it would be in this crazy, weird sixty-game season of all seasons. It's, it's going to be a, a a bold asterisk. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's going to be a bold asterisk. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, someone's got to win it. You know, enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. Amen, Mike. Be appreciative that the fact that they're playing the games. Well, another sport, Mike, that you're really into, and I mean really, really into, you, you did it this morning even, is, uh, is golf. When I first met you, uh, man, I've never heard someone talk so highly about golf as you. Uh, we've played it a few times together. Uh, you are very good. I'm just there to kind of hang out with the guys. Uh, but... <laughs> Where did you develop this passion for golf and, and playing it all the time? You know, it, it was my competitiveness back in 91. Uh, I didn't start playing until I was 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend just pulled me out and started playing. And, uh, and, and it just, what, 30 years, 29 years later, I'm still playing the game. <laughs> I, I wasn't much of a golf fan prior to that. I just couldn't see myself chasing that ball, especially playing football, basketball, and baseball, and not even paying attention to the game of golf. Mm-hmm. And I think whoever's competitive is going to get hooked. Mm-hmm. The bug won't bite you once you start realizing that this is a competitive game. Yeah. And that you'll never be able to master it. You'll get good and you'll never be able to master it. And you'll never be satisfied with your score. You get a bad <laughs> score, you want to, if you want a bad score, you want a better score. You want to, if, you, if you shoot a good score, you even want a better score. Golf is tough. It's very tough. It is so tough. It's tough. You you have to like put this, you got to constantly be like, for me on my golf swing, which is not very good, but the times I do hit the ball well, you have to, there's so many different things that have to go right. And if one thing is off, everything's off. It's so weird. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever done is play golf. And yeah, all it takes is 18 holes. Uh, maybe one or two great shots a day where you're like, man, that felt good. I want to come back and do this again, you know? Yeah. And, and the back of your mind is it just, you just tell yourself, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can do better. Yeah. That's how come you can never be satisfied with the game. But other than that, the, the, the serenity of golf, the, the audience traveling to these different golf courses, visiting these different cities, and we all have golf courses, which makes this game unique. 
aside from shooting a good round or a bad round, you always you always accept the fact that um, Mother Nature is just presenting you with a playground of, of, of a game that you, that you enjoy for life because it is a game of life and you'll be oh, able to man. enjoy it. And Jack will play golf too. And she played for Bishop Amont Golf. Um, that young lady was busy in everything, whether it was basketball or <laughs> golf. But and uh, and we could share some more stories about her golf game with the with the Air Force Academy and the officers that she played with and stuff. But oh anyway, yeah, oh yeah, we will definitely get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, Mike, what? How often would you say you? I know most guys try to play at least once a week. Uh, do you get a couple times out? Kind of what's your time frame of playing golf? You know, uh, uh, it's usually at least twice a month. Okay, up to four times a month. It could be on a Friday and then Sunday. Tomorrow I'll be playing over at Friendly Hills. Uh, uh, I, I got a special invite to go play at Friendly Hills, which is a private country club over in, in Whittier, uh, the Whittier Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll be able to play at least about four times. And then, uh, of course, COVID had hit, and so the golf courses were shut down up until the beginning of April. Excuse me, beginning of, uh, of May. Or the no, middle of April. They opened mm-hmm. up in the middle of April. and and because you can exercise social distancing and golf, yes, it makes it, uh, it, it you know, it, it allows people to go out and play. Definitely. But, you know, I, I also find myself going to the driving range a lot too and work on mm-hmm. different things. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Oh, because then you end up losing your little quarters and, and dollars, and whenever you play your skins game, so <laughs> you got to keep your game up. Or they'll take it away from you. Always some money. Always some money going around. Uh, Mike, what's, what's the nicest course you've ever played? Uh, there's been um, – I played at Sand, Sandpipers. Uh, there's some courses over in Dallas. You know, Laura's Peeps, uh, her family lives in Dallas, so we go there twice a year, and there's some beautiful golf courses over in, uh, in the Dallas area. Um, one of the nicer ones here is Goose Creek. That's yes. over in Eastvale. Right by Very my nice house. Golf. About two miles Goose, from here. <laughs> Goose Creek is doing very well right now. They've kept it up and stuff. So that's a, um, a well-attended high run per year, rounds per year. Uh, but there's a lot of good courses too out here. Um, so, but up north, uh, I'm still, my bucket list is playing Pebble Beach, which will mm-hmm. come one day. Um, so now I haven't gotten too close to playing any, caliber of golf like pebble beach or anything like that i've been to a lot of uh, country clubs that are just as nice as well but um again bucket list pebble beach awesome well southern california's got got a ton of there's not too many bad courses we'll say that and there's not too many bad days on the golf course you know if we're all honest it's always a good time now now mike i know you love playing and you said you didn't have much interest in ever watching it or anything but uh i mean this weekend is the pga tour pga championship up in the bay area do you pay attention to golf at all at least I, the you know what i i didn't get a chance to i didn't get the chance to see it yesterday but um who was it? Uh, Kepka broke his broke his driver leaning over. I don't know if you heard yesterday. He he just oh, wow. finished a bomb, hitting a bomb. He leaned over to pick up his tee and he snapped his driver oh. by putting all his weight. If you can imagine that, he put his hand on uh, one hand on the club, the other hand he's leaning over and he was leaning over. He just put too much pressure on the club and he snapped his driver. <laughs> wow. So. That dude's a monster. Anyways, no, I I don't even know the who's winning, who's in the lead. Um, as uh, soon as I get done with you, I'm gonna watch the Golf Channel and then kind of catch up with what's going on with the PGA Championship. 
Cool. Let's see so, what's happening. So you tune in, you ch- tune in, see kind of who's leading and stuff, kind of as the weekend goes along. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Those guys are amazing. I mean, I don't watch much golf. I've watched a little bit more, obviously, because there's not a whole lot of sports or there weren't a whole lot of sports options. And as I'm trying to improve, I'm trying to learn, but uh, my attention span doesn't stay with it that long. But every time I watch them, I'm like, man, these guys are good. Some of the things they, they can do. They make it look so easy. It's oh, so they easy. do. So easy. I'm like, this is ridiculous. How is anybody that good? Well, well, well Mike, we, we, we kind of touched on the, uh, the, the professional sports and the fandom a little early. That's, that's cool. But let's go back kind of tell me about uh, you work in Baldwin Park, uh, in the city of Baldwin Park, and you've been doing that a long time. Tell me about how you got your career started there and kind of what it's like uh, doing your line of work. I'll try to do it in 100 words. <laughs> um, I, going to Mount Sac, I was going to Mount Sac there, and I got I, I got involved in college work studies, and they they placed me over in Ball Park because of my aunt's address. Uh, back then, you had to you had to live in the district to go to Mount Sac. I was an air traffic control major, and then from there, because uh, I really wanted to get into air traffic control, oh, I, I earned my private pilot's license of October of eighty one. So I did a little flying there, and then our our recreation department just boomed. We had buildings being built. Um, so I went from, when I graduated from uh, uh, Mount Sac, I went to Cal State LA working on uh, aviation administration. And then from that, I saw that my career path was leading me into recreation. So then I switched my, my, uh, my degree in uh, recreation administration. Um, so that's, that's how I got my start. And then I just, you know, our, our programs were growing, we were hiring more people and full-time, so there was a, a, a there was an opportunity to make a career out of it in terms of recreation. Not to me, people stay in recreation, as long, as long as I have, since September of 79. And then moved up the ranks and been there ever since. Been there ever since, from youth, doing youth football, basketball, so, I mean, you name it, swim team, uh, before and after school care, summer day camps, uh, boy. Senior programmings. Uh, I mean, the opportunity was presented to me, and I, 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 I've been blessed to be there uh, this long, and probably going to retire in three and a half more years. I mean, that's my, that's my goal, and awesome. we, and probably might be even sooner than that. It might even be next week. What the hell, you know? <laughs> more no, time. I, I, uh, more time to golf, Mike. More time. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you gotta find people to play with. Everybody's still working. I, <laughs> you can't play with anybody else. They gotta take a day off and stuff. But I'm I'm getting close to retirement, Matt. Thanks for asking. It's That's been great. a wonderful it's been a wonderful journey. Um, my girls grew up in Baum Park. They all went to St. John's, and then from St. John's they went over to to Bishop Amon. So this 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 profession of mine has given me an opportunity to raise my girls in Baum Park. Uh, just recently in 2018, Jacqueline was honored as one of the veterans, the female re- veterans um, at the Bone Park annual Veterans Day celebration. So she was, you know, she's a captain now. So they went ahead and honored her and stuff. And, and they remembered her when she was a kid, the, the council peeps. Anyway, so going back to, to work, uh, it's been a, a, a fun run and it's probably going to be coming to an end in um, 2022 june okay. of 2022 well congrats. So it's only a couple yeah. Of years yeah a couple, years. Only a couple well, years well deserved man it'll be it'll be really nice i'll be very happy for you and uh 
Yeah, a long time coming for sure. Uh, well, Mike, talk about your daughters now. You know, I've had a couple guests on here who I've uh, talked to who've had, uh, they've had all daughters. I had one, one buddy of mine who had four daughters, uh, you know, another, uh, another guy had a couple daughters. But what was it like? Your phone, your phone keeps that you, Mike? Your phone keep going off there? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry. What, what's it like, Mike? What was it like, I guess, uh, and, and even now, you know, then and now, uh, man, three daughters. I mean, I know you're very proud hey, of all of them, but what, but you what know, was that? You know, early on when I started my career in ballpark, I was given the amateur boxing program to run because they didn't have a coach there. And okay. the little boxing that I did back in commerce was very minimal, but I still knew the fundamentals of it. So they gave me an opportunity to expand with this boxing program, which became very, I mean, it became uh, very successful. And I did a big national boxing tournament every year. I held it for 20 years over in Baldwin Park until the um, we couldn't afford doing it anymore. So they all knew I boxed. So oh, they're boyfriends. Um, <laughs> they all knew that I knew a little bit about boxing. But you know what? All the guys or, or friends that they had, they were well-respected kids, yeah. you know, from Bishop Amont. And they, you know, they were, whether they knew I boxed or not, it didn't really matter. They, they were, they were very humble and nice. And um, from what I understand, they all did well, you know, with them and stuff. But, you know, there was, I guess, I guess that was always a, a, a Linda and daughter, my, my ex-wife or their yeah. mom. They would always discuss different things and then they would never bring me into it because they probably didn't have a, a good perspective where I would probably get hot about it. You know, there were some situations that I found out later that I was a little upset about and that's why oh. they didn't tell me and stuff. Um, um, but for the most part, um, I was blessed with, with uh, raising three daughters that uh, had a good head on their shoulders and continue on with education and school and so on and so forth. And of course, Jessica uh, gave us our first granddaughter in 2000. Now she's 20. Faith is 20. She's also in the Air Force. And then wow. <laughs> uh, Jess, uh, Jennifer, who I mentioned, is going to be 32 this year. Uh, Jacqueline, who just turned 29 in April. Um, and I mean, you talk about the father-daughter dances and, uh, you know, coaching them in volleyball, coaching them in basketball and stuff. But yet I never had a son, although I have a grandson now, little Jojo. He's, he's 10 years old. So him and I spent a lot of time together. Oh, so. man, he's, he's growing fast. That's crazy. I've, I've met all your daughters, Mike, uh, wonderful young ladies. Uh, Jessica, obviously through, uh, you know, her husband, Damien with basketball, uh, yeah. Jacqueline, we met, I know you've talked a lot about her in the air force, your, your youngest daughter, uh, Jennifer, uh, all great people, really, really nice young ladies. And I know you're so proud of everything they've done. Did, did they all play sports kind of growing up through high school? Well, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, they, they, uh, Jennifer, Jessica with basketball, Jennifer, the middle one did volleyball. That was her thing. She played okay. volleyball. Played basketball for her freshman and sophomore year, but volleyball was just taking her to another level. She was playing travel volleyball, and so uh, she was a four-year letter at, in volleyball, and and then she got recruited to play over at Whittier College. So she played she played for Whittier College, uh, Jennifer, and she graduated from there. Um, and then um, now she's working for a law firm over in uh, in downtown LA. Uh, and then of course you have Jacko who was discovered by accident 
literally by accident at a travel tournament over in Vegas. By the by the uh, Air Force? By Air Force? By camp? the Air Force recruit. Yeah. Oh, uh, really? ASU ASU was 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 considering really liked her and so did uh, Northern University of Arizona. They uh uh they they were seeking her out. Okay. And and then that day the Air Force recruits came up to her, asked her, Hey, you ever consider the Air Force Academy? And she says, No, but I'll think about it. <laughs> Well, what's there to think about? Yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't know. We didn't know either. Uh-huh. So we started We started looking into it. And I said, sweetheart, you know how hard it is to get into the Air Force Academy? It's not, it's not an easy thing. That's why nowadays when I see some kids, even at the junior high school level, mm-hmm. I try to kind of like plant the seed. Kids that come through our program, either good athletes, good leaders, they're looking for leadership. In the four and the three academies, uh, uh, whether it's um, uh, West Point, Naval, they're always looking for good character of leadership, mm-hmm. and and I always ask them, you know, look into it when they're in junior high, because by rule, Jacqueline got in late. I mean, she got discovered. If it wasn't for them being discovering her, she would never. Obviously, she never had gone in. Let's, and then you know, because you kind of started as your freshman year. You get into ROTC, you oh. start doing that ROTC programs, and then they, they see that um, that your interest is there. So she was very, very fortunate. I know it's in a, you know, all, any service academy is an exceptional school, exceptional experience, but was there any hesitation on her end? Uh, the fact that it, you know, it was the military and maybe, hey, this wasn't in my plans or just she just kind of jumped no, on No, I think, I think when she went to her recruit, she went to her recruit um, uh, visit, in November, in, in October, went to a football game. Her, her, and uh, uh, her mom, uh, Linda. They went to a recruit on Wednesday. They came back on Friday. He says, "Dad, I got to do this. I got to do this. <laughs> I, I, it's just another game I got to play." Oh, I love. She it. was, and then of course she loved Colorado. The the academy is in, in Colorado Springs, beautiful country out there. Um, so she came back with that "Yes, I can" attitude. Man, you know, that, she knew that they were going to be in your face and, you know, it's a military life and yeah. some people can't handle it as, you know, she had 1200 classmates at the beginning of the freshman year. And by 2014, uh, uh, 93 graduated, 993 have graduated. Wow. So, you know, you had about a couple hundred that just yeah. academically or, or the discipline, it takes a lot of discipline. Now you got to remember Jacqueline was was um, spicy at times. You know, I couldn't coach her. After fifth grade, she knew it all. I couldn't coach her in basketball anymore. <laughs> so I had to leave her alone. And then there would be sometimes when Coach Ward, Richard Ward, great coach. Richard Ward and uh, Richard Ward from Bishop yeah. and, and her, they would clash heads sometimes. But, you know, that builds character. It really did. And I think through those experiences, um, Jacqueline was able to understand Sometimes you got to follow your leads. And so with her commanders and the generals that she's worked under, she follows those leads. And so she's learned a lot at that level. And uh, of course, coming from a parochial school, that, that, ha- that, that held a lot of weight for her getting in um, okay. into the academy. So there you go. Man, go from knowing it all in fifth grade to uh, to a freshman at the uh, Air Force Academy. Great stuff. Can't, you couldn't write that script. Uh, so, so what was it like? I know she's graduated from the Air Force Academy. And, and you know, obviously, I want to hear about the, your, your other daughters as well. So you mentioned Jen, what Jennifer's doing and everything. Uh, but 
what what did she do after uh, graduating? What specific, I guess, uh, direction did she go with the Air Force? She, she got into, um, com- well, she, she, uh, her major was uh, communications. So from there, she went into the GPS program over at, uh, in Colorado Springs. So she was stationed there for three years. Currently, she's in uh, space and missile systems. So she's in the satellite industry. And when she went to Qatar, she left in September, just got back on July the 29th. She just got back from working on, on, on space and missile systems and worked under a, a general and a commander and they really liked her. And she just, like I said, she just got back on uh, what, July 29th or so. And um, now she's gonna be stationed over at uh, El Segundo. So she's back home. Oh, wow. Uh, doing uh, the satellite uh, missiles, uh, uh, space and missile industry uh, systems, if you will. Uh, so she, she's home, she's back home now, and she's been there to 2021, and it looks like she's going to extend her career another five more years, and I don't know whether from there she'll go ahead and make a, um, a career out of it, the 20-year plan, so we'll see <laughs> how that goes. Uh, Man. But she enjoys it. She's enjoying yeah. it right now. So, sounds like she's doing some amazing things, and uh, yeah, make the most of it. I mean, why not? I mean, sounds like a great opportunity to pursue this this uh, Air Force uh, life after the academy. It's interesting, very interesting stuff. Yeah, uh, and and your other daughters, uh, Jessica and Jennifer. I mean, they're yeah, all they're all grown up too. I mean, it's crazy. My isn't it crazy uh, having daughters you know, all grown Jennifer's up now? Jennifer's <laughs> going to be thirty two years old, and she's right now she's working with the uh, Auric Harrington Circle. Uh, uh, a law firm in downtown LA. Oh, wow. And um, so, so she went from a P major at, at Whittier mm-hmm. and she went through different, now she got picked up by a, by a law firm. Um, so that's funny how your, your, your career, professional career paths change after a while. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so uh, she's doing well too. Uh, and then she's, she's quarantined, well, not quarantine, but she's uh uh, telecommuting Jennifer uh-huh. is yeah from home um, and has to go into the office maybe once once a week twice a week in downtown she resides in, in uh, Long Beach right now and so she's doing well she's a runner she does a lot of running she awesome. does uh, 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 half marathons and and uh, 5k runs and stuff uh, so she picked up running she after... played it she played at Whittier you said basketball yeah. no volleyball. Volleyball. volleyball yeah volleyball yeah. okay Volleyball. She played as a libero. Oh, okay. And, the different, uh, the different jersey. All over. Yeah. yeah. She was a defensive specialist. She, and poor thing, she had bruises all over her legs and her <laughs> hips and stuff. I mean, she, she, she was, she was, you know, a, a libero is a smaller person who's quick on her feet and able to dive and save, make some pancake saves and so on and so forth, man. And she, uh, there's a couple of times when she took some pretty good hits and got knocked out hitting the floor and stuff, you know, oh, so. Man. Playing that position is no joke. Oh, wow. That, no, not at all. Volleyball is a crazy, crazy game. Well, I actually ran into – it's been probably a year now, but I, I moved out to Eastfield, been out here a little while. I ran into Damien not too long ago, and I hadn't seen him in a long time. And, and his wife, your daughter, Jessica, I was thinking, man, I haven't seen either of you guys in a long time. Uh, how are they doing? What are they up to? They're doing fine. Um um, Damien is working full time for Mathis Brothers now, and he's trying okay. to officiate as well. Sometimes the schedule gets a little funny. And then Jessica, she's she's a, um, a housewife. She uh, homeschools JoJo at mm-hmm. least for the time being until she gets he gets into junior high school. 
and she does well with the with the PHP people helping people uh, uh, um, in, in um, Inc. Yeah. Um, and then she's doing some other things too. I, I um, she contracts out a lot of her her work with uh, with the hotel because she was in the hotel industry. Yeah, that's and she right. She does that's special right. meetings and um, um, uh, puts together um, uh, big groups. Meaning, right now, right now, work is is uh, at a standstill because of the COVID. But she stays busy with that. And of course, um, her oldest, if you want to talk about Faith, who's twenty now. Yeah, twenty. I can't believe she's twenty years old. You didn't she's just say 20, that. She graduated <laughs> from Eastvale in 2019 wow and then uh um she, she then she decided to get into the air force as a as a reserve and she went to boot camp in san antonio wow and she just graduated in in june and now she's at shepherd shepherd's air shepherd's air force base in wichita falls texas mm-hmm. and she's going to be there until september so she's a, a technician communication technician so she wants to get into that so Hopefully, maybe she might want to follow that path that Jackal did. Yeah. And uh, uh, probably before she gets too old, is, is getting to the Air Force Academy. That would be one of her goals and stuff. So we're hoping that she does that. So she's enjoying that right now. She's in Wichita Falls, uh, Shepherd's Air Force Place. Uh, <laughs> and so hopefully she might want to do it full time. Oh, uh, man. Because she's That's in the reserves. She did it as a reserve pro- in the reserve program. Oh, good for her. That that is incredible, man. Mike, you got so much to be proud of. Uh, your all your daughters, your grand, you know, granddaughter there. I mean, that's just incredible stuff. It it uh, it pays. It it really uh, pays tribute to you, and then also with Faith and you know her her parents. It's just that's just incredible stuff. Uh, nothing but the best for all of them uh, going forward, and especially you know the military service. Uh, that is something all of us are grateful for. Yeah, and man, Air Force. That's so Air Force Falcons. Go go football. T- you know, yeah. football team. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I watch it all the time. I try to follow them, you know, and, and of course, of course the air force Academy is known for the football program. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they do 500 in that West uh, mountain West uh, conference, it's a tough mm-hmm. conference. Oh, it's very, yeah. And they're in that mountain West for everything, mm-hmm. uh, football, basketball, everything, gymnastics, uh, you name it. Um, <laughs> but of course sports isn't, uh, um, they, they, they basically to me, Sports has been kind of like, uh, um, what's the best way to describe it? It's uh, something away from from the, the uh, academics. and uh, Yeah, like an outlet a, maybe? A, there you go. Yeah. There you go. It's an outlet from, from their, their day-to-day regiments of the academy and the military life and stuff. Uh, uh, but they have, you know, the, the women's basketball didn't do very well, but, you know, you do what you can. Hey, absolutely. You get to play, you get to play some more. And I know for <laughs> yeah. most, most of us, travel. yeah, you get you to get keep to going. Travel. Yeah. I mean, most of us wanted our uh, playing careers to keep going, but uh, for whatever reason it stops. So that's just, that's just how the ball bounces sometimes. Um, it's, it's interesting, Mike, that you say it, that like you were very uh, active in your sports life growing up. Uh, all your daughters were, I just can't imagine going through school. Like you just mentioned, kind of not having that outlet. I don't know how kids today just go to school and aren't involved, are not involved in like athletics per se, uh, or something else, some other, you know, activity. I, I just, 
I think sports is incredible for that because it does challenge you. It, it, it uh, teaches you wins and losses and all those good things. So I think uh, sports really does build character. It reveals character. So it sounds like uh, you and your daughters have had great experiences with uh, sports. Uh, from socializing. Young age. Yeah. Oh, always. The, yeah. The socializing dynamics of, of talking to people and learning how to accept defeat and learning mm -hmm. how to accept the win. Uh, that's all important. That's all, all right. important. It's a, and nowadays you got social media that the kids are just at home. Well, now because of the COVID-19. COVID, yeah. Pre-COVID, but, but yeah. But even prior to COVID-19, you had kids staying at home and they play their video games with uh, <laughs> the telecommute. They telecommute with other friends. Yeah. They sit themselves in front of the, the, the screen and they play. I don't know what they play. The Madden and I don't know what basketball programs that they have out there, but I see Jojo doing it. When he comes here, he'll put on his earpieces and he'll go ahead and start playing with somebody. And, he, <laughs> and he, you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. uh, the, um, the army games, you know, the survival army game yeah. that they have now. Uh -huh. I mean, okay, so now that's taken away. That's taken away. I know now we're going to COVID-19, but even prior to COVID-19, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the kids are, are – um, are, are tuned into that. Mm -hmm. And you know what? As parents nowadays, you, you boy, it's tough. You got to pull them away. Mm -hmm. You got to get them in a, in a sporting activity, whatever it is. There's definitely so more gotta, distractions. Yeah. When, when, when I was a kid and I know when you were a kid, like, I wanted, you wanted to be outside, sweat a little bit, uh, bounce a ball around, throw the baseball, football, whatever, just play. And uh, yeah, now, now that's kind of gone away a little bit. And we all know that during COVID, it's been very different for everybody. You know, uh, ride your bike to go to the I, game yeah. for your practices. There you go. I mean, my girls never had it. My, my, my girls never owned the bike because we always took them to the, to the travel practices and stuff. It was too mm -hmm. far away for bikes. Yeah. And now we're, in, we're enjoying our bike rides through the beaches. Oh, wow. Taking them to the beach. And <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer's still trying to learn to ride a bike. And, you know. <laughs> Here she is, 32 years old. But she, the other day we brought him over here. I did, we did a little uh, homecoming for Jackal. Oh, fun. Here at the house. And we had, we had him all here. And then Jojo was here for a little bit. And he, we had him for the weekend. And we took him to the beach to go ride a bike. And we bought him a uh, mountain bike so he could learn how to ride a bike. And then rode a bike. <laughs> Anyways, um, they, they got to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Era. We, we all do, and especially now, we all got to get out more. I know I've tried to do more, even little things, walk-in, bike ride, whatever. We all got to get out, and hopefully we all will be able to get out a lot more here in the near future. Uh, Mike, let's talk about officiating because that is somewhere where you and I kind of, our paths cross. We've worked some games together. Um, you, I don't know what I consider myself. I've done football, basketball, and baseball. I probably do have done the most baseball I probably loved football the most and basketball for me was like, uh, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't kind of, uh, my favorite either direction. Uh, but I know for you, you're, you're someone who's always been very passionate about basketball officiating. And so what can you tell me about getting started involved in officiating with basketball or was it volleyball even before that? Well, I, I the basketball, I, I could, before I got involved with Foothill Citrus, I conducted uh, uh, clinics and what have you for my staff when we did the youth basketball. Okay. So that's how I initially got involved with, with the Southern California Municipal, Municipal Athletic Federation, SMAP, um, and the AAU stuff. That's how I got involved. 
but because of my schedule working the swing shift um, in early, well, 90, 91, I wasn't really able to join any of the high school affiliations, uh, whether it was bas Foothill Citrus basketball or football. It wasn't until I got promoted up to a superintendent position that I was able to go ahead and start working. Now I had the eight to five job, if you will. <laughs> uh, I was able, not only that, I conducted my own adult basketball leagues. When the building came up, we were able to, to, to put together some very competitive above the rim basketball. And, and of course, I hired the Foothill Citrus officials, the Berta Loggies, JT Orr, Justin Van Dyne. Uh, the likes of them kind of people that come over and do our games. And that's how I got involved. And eventually I got involved with Foothill Sutras when the time permitted, uh, my schedule permitted. Um, but basketball was really my first um, affiliation with, um, or getting involved with an affiliation. And of course, from there it became volleyball because of my circles that I was around with Jennifer. And then of course, um, um, I did football. Uh, but I've always wanted to do football. I always wanted to do football, but volleyball and football and trying to take off from work all the time was tough. That's what I'm saying. You got to have a, yeah, your, your schedule has to support officiating. Now, a lot of people have been asking me to do baseball. And I know I can do baseball because I used to umpire softball, uh, slow pitch. Uh, when I conducted slow, uh, softball leagues for the city of Baldwin Park. So I was involved with all these different, uh, but you can only do so much. Yeah. Wow. Plus, I, I got to go play golf. Nah. <laughs> no, don't cut into your golf time. No, I uh, don't do baseball, Mike. Just, just don't do baseball. Trust me. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know what, when I retire, um, Matt, I think um, I, I, I might toy with it. Okay. There you go. I might toy with it only because God willing, God Amen. willing. Yes. The sir. day comes where I can't run football up and down the court, up and down the field and, and, and running the court. And it's time to do volleyball. Just stand there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're hurting for, well, the, all, all sports are hurting for officials. Every sport. Yeah. Every all around. Sport is, I mean, even before the COVID-19. Well, what's going to be real interesting this upcoming year, Mike, is that, you know, the fall sports have been pushed pretty much into the winter. And now the winter sports are kind of going to be playing the same time as spring sports. So yeah. uh, there could be an even bigger shortage of officials if there are not specific days like, okay, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays are basketball days, guys, and Wednesdays and Saturdays or whatever the case is. Uh, there's going to be some interesting scheduling that's going to have to go on. And I know every, the, the thing is, Mike, every sport, every sports coaches thinks their sport is the most important as they should really, you know, it's, yeah. it's the most, it's, it's the most important thing to them and their players. It's their passion. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just tough sometimes to piece all that together. I'm sure from administrators, and I know it's going to be really tough for officials and guys that work multiple sports this upcoming year. Uh, it's going to be, you know, the, the different bodies are going to have to get together mm -hmm. and schedule something out. Uh, earlier games, um, maybe not lower level, maybe not freshmen, sophomores, um, unfortunately. Um, who knows? Yeah. Let's it, see what happens. Absolutely. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Let, let's, see, let's see how the parents feel about this whole um, uh, pandemic that's, that's taken place and how they feel about it. Um, are they going to have spectators? Spectators, no spectators. Uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, we all hope that this. We, we all hope this pandemic leaves us, but you know what? Realistically, it's going to be a while. Yeah, I, I think. 
I, I think even if, if things do clear up, there's still going to be a, this hesitant way of life where I don't think people will want to jump into uh, because there will kind of be uh, this fear kind of. And, and so we always got to be careful. Um, hopefully uh, we can take a few steps forward and not, not any more back. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so, so Mike, you work in basketball as, as an official, but one of the things you also do is you are an instructor there and specifically uh, currently, I should say, uh, you work with first year officials. So mm-hmm. what is it like, you know, you, you have all this experience in basketball and then you every year work with guys that some of them may say, Oh, I have some experience, but there's some people quite honestly, who've never refereed at the high school level. How do you bring it all your experience? How do you bring it all down to just absolute small basics for these guys every single year? It, it's, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> you know why? Because everybody comes in with their own uh, uh, delusion or grandeur. Yeah. You know, some, some feel that they may not be able to do it. They turn out to be great, good, great officials. Some that come in with that delusion or grandeur that they just, that they can get on it right away, that they're looking for a varsity schedule and all of a sudden they need some work. And so how do you break it down for those? It's very, it's very difficult because um, their, their egos get in the way. And so you got to bring them down to earth and tell them that uh, sometimes you got to be just blunt with them and tell, you know, you need to slow it down a little bit, you know, yeah. um, uh, well, so-and-so's got good, you know, he's got some varsity games. This is, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, let's not compare. See, the, the number one thing, you can't compare one from the other. No. You know, like they always say, you got to control what you can control to be an official and study the game and, and, um, you know, sometimes you tell them, you know, you're, you're, you're too cocky for the game. You got, you got to go in there with, uh, with uh, a humbleness that your calls are not consistent or they're consistent for the better ones. Um, you got to understand the game. And usually the ones that I just finished playing college ball, uh, they come in with a, a chip on your shoulder, if you will. Mm-hmm. And those are the tougher ones to talk to because – they think they know it all, if you will. Yeah. Or they think they think they're, but you know how hard it is <laughs> to go ahead and make the calls on a split second. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. You're gonna get some games wrong, and you're always looking for that perfect game. Um, but you also got to make sure that uh, you understand what's going on. Definitely. So I, it's, it's not easy. No, and not if you know you you can't take uh, for, for most people unless you're a genius. You know you can't take chemistry to take basic science. You know it's the same thing as as classroom and yeah you can't just dive in there. I, I do think that as an official, and I've seen it both ways, like you talked about. You got There's got to be this. You got to be hungry but humble. You know what I mean? Like you got to want to to do well, but you got to also take that step back and and have humility have humility. And even though someone who's been doing it 10, 20 years, you may not think is all that good, but you still got to listen to them and try to get some things from them. Yeah. And the other thing that I always try to emphasize, you got to develop thick skin. You have to, Yeah. you can't take, unless it's getting personal, the coaches are personal. You go ahead and give them that therapy. You know, you got to give them that, that, that technical so they can think about what they've done, but you also can't take it uh, personal. Sometimes you can't because it'll just ruin your game. Um, so again, develop some good skin and understand you have to be humble to continue on mm-hmm. to grow. Yeah. To and, I, 
I think you said it, you said no. it well, you said it very well right there. I mean, uh, you can't take it personal. However, the second they do get personal, that is where the, the, the switch is flipped. And so I think that is, those two go hand in hand. It's not personal, but once it becomes personal, now we got some issues, right? Yeah. And then and being able to, to communicate, you got to be a, a good communicator with the players and also the, the coaches too. Um, there's, there's different ways of communicating with the, with the coaches, you know, and, and once you start, start applying the rules of the book, the Bible, uh, they can't argue with you on that. Um, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. again, judgment calls on travel, judgment calls on, on, uh, block charge calls. Uh, those are always going to be the, the tough ones. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Judgment. Judgment's judgment. I mean, but the rules of the book are, are the rules of the game are the rules of the game. You know what uh, my favorite rule uh, for Mike Salas was? Uh, the Mike Salas rule. Uh, when he worked with his partner, he would say, uh, vice versa, one of us, uh, he goes, okay, you buy the food, I'll buy the beer. Or, or vice versa. <laughs> that was the Mike Salas rule. I said, okay, that's okay. not bad. <laughs> that one Whenever worked. we had a chance. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just all kidding aside. I mean, that was, that was one of Mike's fun, fun little topics. And okay. I got to tease you on this while I got you. You are the only person, Mike, in the entire planet, in, to my knowledge, in basketball officiating that carries around an air pump and you care tremendously how... <laughs> How, uh, how much air is in that basketball before the game? You know, that's, uh, that's something that I picked up from volleyball. <laughs> volleyball, no. They, they, uh, the PSI for a volleyball is like two and a half. It can't be hard and it can't be too soft. So that kind of picked up. I picked that up from volleyball. And I'll be, I'll be damned that sometimes these basketball, the home team, has too much air. And... And of course, you're supposed to lift it, let it bounce. I said, you know what? I got something better than that. And I would bring out my, my gauge, my PSI gauge. And I was going ahead somewhere. It's supposed to be at eight, eight and a half, between seven and nine. So eight and a half is probably your good medium. You had balls that are like helium at 11, 12. There were, there were dribblers ball. Not so much a, a shooting touch because it would, it would, a hard ball would just bounce off the rim. Anyways, so that's an advantage. <laughs> that's an advantage for the home team and people would just go i know uh uh gordon hamlow he always used to tease me about it coach ward used to teach me about tease me about it um all the old timers that remember me and they would they would say you know you're the only one that brings out a gauge i said i'm just trying to make it fair for both teams that's rule dash that's rule dash one zero two four five in the high school <laughs> and they said they look at me and says what i said yeah look at them in the book it's oh. rule number one. Oh man oh. carrying a gauge out but there. anyways um it, it was a simple it was just simple applying inserting that gauge checking the set check to see if the balls and then comp if the ball was inflated to the right specs congratulating the coach and the administration for for checking for making sure that the ball is what it is and i bet you they didn't even know they didn't even know half the time. Oh, your details uh, guy, Mike. Your dear you know details. What? It's been a fun run. Just I know Rocky gets a he has a he has a funny thing about that. Um, but oh well, you know, <laughs> it's um, 
I guess when I leave when I leave for basketball, I guess that's that's what they're gonna do. Is they're gonna go ahead and buy a gauge, put it on a lanyard, so I can carry it over my neck. I want I want a, a yeah a gold plated air gauge. <laughs> I think that you, that for your retirement, that's what that's what you need to get, Mike. And of course, the ball was underinflated. I just get another ball because <laughs> I wouldn't get a pump. I would not get a pump and pump it up. I just get another ball. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, you're right, uh, uh, Matt. It, it's been a I'm known to do that. And uh, in my first year class, I, I, I kind of bring it up. Um, I don't know how many people do, but I mean, it's, it's cheap. A little gauge ain't gonna, a little gauge ain't gonna hurt you. It might, and they might even, they might even bring up some, oh, some man. points that will respect you that much more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've messed up enough things in basketball games. <laughs> I, I, the, ball, the ball is the least of my words, but uh, well, well, Mike, you work some college basketball and I guess kind of, as we kind of, kind of wrap it up here uh, pretty soon. Like, what, what was, what would you say the differences in college basketball versus high school basketball? Whether it be the, the style of play, the coaches or the officials. Like, what can you tell me about kind of how you see the differences? And maybe because you do work both, you work high school and college. So, kind of, what would you yeah, say is the I difference? Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the basketball is basketball. You got to put the ball in the hoop to score points. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, the, the travel, the travel is the same for both, uh, fouls is the same for both is the physicality. Uh, I know that in the men's and I do the women's JC and, and division three, um, uh, in, in terms of the, the high school and college, uh, with the college and the JC level, it's very important because some of these kids, for whatever reason, they didn't make division three or division two because of their grades and whatnot. So they're trying to go ahead and make sure that they, uh, they do well in the game. Um, and also, they need to learn to play the game in terms of not fouling, or if they do foul, you try to educate them at the same time, um, so on and so forth. But the, the game hasn't really changed much. Or the, the transition, the transition from both, other than in women's, you got four quarters now, four two-minute quarters. They used to be 20-minute halves. Mm -hmm. um, you got the, the lower defensive box now. You have the arc. So in terms of those type of rules, it's a big change from high school to, to, to college level. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, the, the game is the same, same old game. Um, and, of course, uh, the, the players get a little hot under their collars sometimes. Um, uh, but you can always control that with technicals. I can't see one big difference between – high school and basketball other than the, the maturity. Yeah. Yeah. There's just probably more at stake. You know, there is a bigger maturity, uh, probably more physicality because they, they're adults now. They're not, uh, you know, they're all 18 plus and uh, definitely at that's, I think it's that way at all sports. Really. I, I really do. So, uh, well, Mike, as we kind of, we kind of touched on a lot of different things here as we kind of wrap it up. Uh, anything else you'd like, you'd like to say or, or chat about? No, I, I think we covered it all in a nutshell, uh, Matt. I know there's a lot more to discuss, but uh, other than, than uh, officiating world, it's been a, a, a nice run being mm -hmm. able to meet a lot of people. And that's the other thing that I always told, I always tell the first year class is that eventually you're going to meet some many, many associates that you're going to uh, learn to, to communicate with and, and, uh, uh, put on your list of friends and so on and so forth. Um, but I don't know. It's been, it's been a fun run. Oh, absolutely. Officiating has been, officiating period has been a fun run. 
Oh, it, it's, it's so fun. I haven't, uh, well, I had my baseball season ended early. I haven't done football or basketball in a couple of years, but uh, I, I echo your statement there in that it's all about the relationships, the, the friends you've made over the years. Uh, I, I can't remember too many specific calls over the years, but I can remember a, a lot of uh, laughs uh, with, my, with my crewmates and, and all the people that I've worked with in the, the association and college ball and all the different sports. So that's what it's all about is the relationships. And then getting together afterwards and talking about your I-dubs, uh, <laughs> whistles, uh, no call, I mean, uh, kicking a rule. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then you know what? Owning to your calls is always huge. Yes. Owning your calls. Own up to it. Mm -hmm. If you made a mistake, fine. A lot of people don't like, don't like to admit to the mistakes. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. That, that's what makes it tough. You can't, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You're, you're going to make a mistake. Yes. And as long as you understand where you went wrong and able to talk about it so that others learn through your mistakes. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, that's the only way people are going to get better or understand the game as well. That's it. That's the only way. It's the only way. Well, Mike, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Thanks for talking Rams football, Dodgers baseball, oh Air Force God. Academy. Let, it was let, it's just an absolute <laughs> blast, man. Looking forward oh, to Whittier, the Whittier poets. The Whittier I mean, poets. Yeah, I don't want to leave them out. Uh, they got to. They got to. I got to plug them in, man. Um, <laughs> my, girls, my girls, Whittier poets, and the Air Force Academy uh, Falcons and stuff. But Matt, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to share my personal views on family, girls, officiating, and also the world of golf. Amen, Appreciate man. It. Thank you. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure. It's all mine. Uh, but hopefully our Rams do well this season. And, uh, yeah, I hope your next round of golf is your best one, Mike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow. A friendly Tomorrow. Hills. Let's see how that goes. Tomorrow. All right, Mike. All right, take, take care. You take care, my friend. All righty. Good night. Thanks again to Mike Salas for coming on the program today. It was a lot of fun catching up. I'm really looking forward, Mike, to the Rams football season. Hopefully it doesn't get too political and we can just enjoy a football season. And uh, I think they're going to have a good team. We'll see. Also looking forward to the last remaining weeks here of the Hard Knocks episodes with the Rams and the Chargers here on HBO. It's a great buildup to a fun, fun season. And, Mike, I'm going to keep trying to swing this golf club of mine. And I may be texting you, calling you, asking you, begging you for some advice as I just try to hit the ball straight and consistently. I know with your passion, with your energy, maybe there is hope for me. So thanks again, Mike. It was great catching up with you. My best to the family and, uh, you know, everyone, uh, all the success, all, all, all the best in moving forward and much continued success to your daughters and your entire family and just an awesome time catching up with you. Well, guys, tomorrow is Wednesday and we know on Wednesdays that means there is only one guest on the schedule and that is bill barnes on the weekly wednesday weigh-in bill barnes is a retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire he and i have had many great experiences on the baseball field and the past uh, 20 wednesdays or so we've really enjoyed chatting uh, at times venting <laughs> bill is very fired up he's always a guy full of uh, energy he's definitely different than most other guests we have on this show uh, Bill's interviews usually revolve around a lot more current events, uh, whether it be sports or some politics, some views, current events, just just anything going on out there. Uh, Bill Barnes is always fun to chat with on Wednesdays. And uh, this week, we're going to do things a little bit different. There's actually two stories from the past 
regarding law enforcement, uh, two law enforcement stories that we are going to discuss with Bill. They both uh, revolve around uh, either Riverside Police Department or Riverside County Sheriff's. A uh, couple stories from the past, one recently, one from over 40 years ago. So uh, it'll be fun to get Bill's thoughts on those moments. Uh, and uh, we got to be sure to, to check in tomorrow for some uh, insight from the retired police officer and uh, get get some thoughts on these two great stories well some although tragic there's some good lessons in uh, both of them and i can promise you that bill will be ready to uh, have a good discussion tomorrow it'll be a little different i think we're going to take a break from some of the uh, more recent news current events and everything as we were kind of uh well we did our episode last week kind of while a bunch of news was breaking so uh we're going to do it a little different this week kind of a uh, little change of pace but uh, the following week, I'm sure Bill Barnes will come back with plenty of uh, heavy topics to discuss with me. But for tomorrow, it'll be a little different. But we look forward to anybody tuning in uh, who is listening today. And uh, for those who have listened to Bill Barnes, uh, you know what to expect from him. And for those who have never listened to Bill Barnes, uh, you know what? He's definitely brings some energy to this show and some firepower. So we always love having him every single Wednesday on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Well, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We have a Twitter handle. It is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. You can either email us or contact us through those various social media platforms. On those social media platforms, we will continue to post a picture of the upcoming guest for the next day's episode the night before so that you can kind of know who is coming on the program and also put a face with a voice the next day. Uh, we did that with Mike Salas. We do that with Bill Barnes every week uh, or most weeks with him. And every single night, we the night before, we put out a... Hey, a picture of the upcoming guest. That seems very helpful for people and appreciate all the likes on Facebook, all the likes on Instagram, all those different things. Uh, that tells me people are listening and also excited about who's coming on the program. So that's kind of give you guys a preview and everything. There's also plenty of ways to reach out to us other than writing us. You can send us a voice message through Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app, find our podcast there, get home safe and look for the green button. Click it. Send us a voice message. It's a one-minute limit. So if you have a question or a suggestion or uh, maybe an argument, whatever the case may be, you can uh, send it right there. We'll get it. We can play that up that on an episode. Make sure to tell me if it's for Bill Barnes or not, too. Like he he definitely wants some questions. You know, he's here every single Wednesday. All our other guests are uh, you know trying to get a new guest every single week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday and Friday. So Bill Barnes is here every Wednesday. If you have a question for him, be sure to. Uh, uh, make that note in your uh, message to us, whether it be a voice message or an email. If you can't send it through the Anchor app, like it's just too much for you, send me a text message. If you have my personal num- number, send a voice message, a voice text. I can play that on the air. And again, if you don't want your voice heard on the air, I totally get it. Just send us an email. Send us a message through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever's easiest for you. Lots of options out there. Guys, that will wrap up another great episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. Best of uh, luck to Mike Salas and the family and moving forward. And thank you for joining us once again. Tomorrow is Bill Barnes. Come uh, tune in and be ready to bring it as Bill will be bringing it on like he does every single Wednesday. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or rounded third base, get home safe.